Hi, you're listening to Permission to Be Honest. A safe environment to have difficult conversations in a lighthearted way. I'm Kara. And I'm Ricky, and we're your hosts. This is a space that allows for curiosity and questioning when it comes to controversial topics. This is your Permission to Be Honest. Okay. Yeah. Black men and spirituality. Okay. Let's talk about it. I don't think I'm an expert on it. (laughs) Absolutely not an expert, but, um, and definitely want to state that this, we recognize this is not going to be every black man's experience. Right. This is one black man's. This is one black man's (laughs) experience. (laughs) It's spirituality. (laughs) One black man willing to talk about um, spirituality. And I also want to take the time to just say thank you for being willing to have this conversation because I know that it is um not forcing you but you do have to have a certain sense of vulnerability yeah when talking about this and so i i want to say thank you you're welcome you're very (laughs) welcome um just to start off with a little bit about yourself in case people don't know um black man black man black man from detroit uh I play basketball for a living in Germany. Uh, yeah, that's it. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> and did you grow up spiritual? Uh, Versus, I, let's make a different. Let's make okay. a distinction here between okay. spirituality and religion, because okay. I know, like in the black community, um, religion is very much an acceptable right. topic. And very intertwined within the black community. Yeah. Versus spirituality, which is becoming more so, but hasn't really been a popular topic or a comfortable. Right. Because I think we somehow separate the two. Mm -hmm. Somehow spirituality isn't part of religion, which Mm -hmm. is crap. Which is crazy, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, But it is. Because I think of, originally, when I think of spirituality, I think of like, you know, Buddhists or even like, kind of like hippie-ish, like, yeah. kind of like a, which it, it is, like a right. free-flowing thing, but it's kind of like a, like a not in touch with reality kind of thing, kind of like a dream or something like that. Do you think it's fair to say that a large number of individuals in the black community, um, maybe not as much now, but definitely when we were growing up, would absolutely consider spirituality white. Like, oh, that's something we, white people Yeah, do. for sure. Because you, we don't have... There were no yoga studios when I was growing up. There were no... Uh, Meditation. Meditations or enlightenment things like that. No, like we... You equate that with something that white people had access to, and we didn't have access to that. So it was... I don't know, something white people did. You did not see anything like that in Detroit. No. Which I'm sure there were probably people who, mm-hmm. who did practice that or who b- believed in those things. But it was very like, if I would have come to someone or my grandma and be like, oh, like I'm Buddhist or mm-hmm. I believe or in I'm this. I'm going to meditate right now. I'm going to meditate right now that it had been like. Boy, get out of here. Yeah. What's wrong with you? Which is interesting because uh, a good friend of mine um, uh, is Muslim. Mm-hmm. And so. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I feel like it was 
somewhat around in the Muslim community. It is. And, but like, that's something like in Detroit, there's a large population of, of Arab and, and Muslim people. And they were, they lived in the cities. Like they, you know, they own the stores and they own like a lot of the, the businesses around. So you have a relationship with them. And, but there was something like you never, you never talked about. You, you never, never discussed yeah, it. Yeah, I never. Yeah. I was like, yo, how was mosque today or something like that? That's never. You, you would never discuss yeah. it. However, it was acceptable to talk about Christianity in yeah, the black community and church and. Yeah. 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 What I was going to say earlier is that my, my teammate in high school would always like during Ramadan, he would observe Ramadan. And mm-hmm. so like before the games, he would go, go off and pray and, you know, he would have to get up in the morning and. Mm-hmm you know, before the sun came up to eat and stuff like that, and he would fast. And, you know, that was... But before the game, he would go off in prayer or meditate about mm-hmm. the game and kind of ask for strength or whatever. But that didn't seem weird because I was like, oh, he's Muslim. That's what they, that's what they do. That's what they do. But mm-hmm. the thought of one of my other teammates who would, who were Christian to doing that, then they would be like, oh, like, that's kind of that's weird. Or have a teammate who didn't identify with christianity which is like i'm buddhist i'm gonna go go meditate mm-hmm. like that we would all have been like like that dude is that dude's weird it's weird or kind of like you know like sunshine from like remember the titans yeah, where he come yeah. into like the i don't know the tai chi or whatever yeah that was kind of like oh like that's a california thing that's a white thing that's a hippie thing but yeah. people don't do that yeah exactly yeah okay so then let's kind of talk about your spiritual journey um and what was intriguing you about about spiritual life? Like, so, because if we had this conversation five years ago, right, you would absolutely, you wouldn't have, there would be no conversation. There would be no conversation. <laughs> <laughs> there would be no conversation. I wouldn't know what to tell you. You would probably have the same view right. that you had growing up. Yeah. Not that you were ever against it. Um, it just wasn't for you. Right. Right? Yeah. Uh, I would say like I grew up like Christian and like we we went to church but it wasn't it wasn't all the time. I mean it was more than like the big holidays but you know like g- growing up I would go to church with my mom and um and then live later on when she stopped going I still had friends that would take us to church or like neighbors who were uh, we had a neighbor who was a minister and they had their own church so we would go to church with them and then like but for me it was like <laughs> like they would have a picnic after after church so i'm like okay like i can go to church for these two hours because i know we're gonna go to picnic and have fun <laughs> or even like a good friend of mine was actually went to a white church mm-hmm. and they would do all these fun things they would have like lock-ins and like mm-hmm. all that stuff and i'm like okay like yeah i can go to church on wednesday night just so i get to it's to go to these things put up with yeah to have the benefit. Yeah. I mean, and like, when I think about it, I think I was very spiritual early on. Like, I knew, I always believed in God, and I knew, you know, there was some other force that was, there at was some work. other thing that was at work, mm-hmm. you know, other than me, and, and stuff I couldn't explain. Mm-hmm. But I think just growing up black, you were always taught, you were raised in a church, so you were always taught that, you know, things, these things were right and wrong. You pray like this. You always pray before you eat. You mm-hmm. always um, say your prayers before you go to bed. You know, just so those things were kind of ingrained in me as a as a kid. And it's very 
it's very much like um culturally it's very much routine like yeah this is what we do because this is what my parents did and this is what our grandparents did and you don't question yeah and it was sort of a like no matter what you did the days before sunday if you even if you were out all night saturday yeah you gotta get your butt up and go to church right and it was um yeah it was it just became more like like a, a routine like a this is just something you did and and it, it wasn't even like i think of churches having fellowship and and um uh, you know having the word of god explained to you and mm-hmm. and having it relate to to your life and and, and put in a way where you can understand it but it was just like kid like you just you just went like yeah. even if you didn't like it or not you had to dress nice for yeah. the lord you had to you know do the offering you had to be in sunday school you had to do all these things just to kind of like validate you as a as a person as a human yeah, yeah like yeah. that I'm, I'm doing the right thing so i can ultimately go to heaven you know that's a it's a really interesting distinction i think between religion and spirituality and that religion is so often um you're looking at things outside of you mm-hmm. right it's like routine and custom and like some forces outside of you have power right and determine and and your job is kind of like to make sure you're good enough yeah to get the favorable to get the one. favorable one right of course <laughs> and not the unfavorable yeah, yeah, yeah. one yeah for sure whereas spirituality is really all about going inward and recognizing your worth mm-hmm. just because you were born you know like one of the things the main things with christianity is like you are born a sinner right right versus like with spirituality is like no you're actually good at your core like you actually are love right like you are born love yeah and it's it's such a big distinction yeah and i but i think when i think about religion i think at the core that was that's ultimately the basis like we're all god children or uh, a reflection of god somehow but somehow humans along (laughs) the way mess it up and 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 in order to get agenda across like okay i I don't want you to do this so i'm going to say this right and it's just something that was you know like ancestral like it's it's been passed down and you don't you don't question it because it's yeah you might meet the wrath of God or something like that. It's so true. Yeah. It's so true. So I kind of started my spiritual journey or awakening. Mm. What? It's probably been four years now. Yeah. 2017. Where, and mine came <laughs> looking differently in that I like dove into a lot of like inner child work. Right. Um, past pains, old wounds, and like really went through like this deep healing process. And I know as I was going through that, you were incredibly supportive, but also wanted nothing yeah. to do with it. Yeah. I'm like, that's, that's not for me because I think my personality is about comfort. And I'm like, okay, like nothing's going wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it could be better, but it's not. It's not going wrong. So I'm like, okay, like I don't I don't wanna rock the boat. I don't wanna mm-hmm. stir up anything that could 
that I might have to deal with. That so you I'm might like, feel uncomfortable yeah, about. Yeah, I don't want to be uncomfortable. So I'm like, okay, like, you know, I, I support you. I'm glad you're doing it, but it's just, that's not my thing. That's not where I'm going to stay over here where I'm going to stay over here in my happy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I don't want to stir up no, like I don't old demons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to look. Like I don't want to look at my shadows. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. My shadows can stay hidden. Stay hidden and <laughs> where I've stuffed them down. Right. But that, that's just my personality, I think. Okay, and so somewhere I would say probably around two years ago, mm-hmm. there was a shift. Yeah. In you. Yeah. And what was the shift? To me, the shift was. It went from you dealing with a lot of your inner child stuff that was not negative, but more sad or harder to deal with. Mm -hmm. And then it went to a ultimately like you were happy or you were like loving life or you found enjoyment in things again that you didn't maybe have before. You could like really, you could recognize it. Yeah, definite I could shift see a definite, definite shift, a, like a, a really physical change. Obviously, you change uh, inside, but yeah, I could totally see, you know, a shift in you. And then I was like, huh, like maybe, maybe <laughs> I could use some of that. Or even just even like you've always shared, share with me. And so, like, I'm able to like pick up stuff like, oh, like I do feel like that sometimes. Or like I can see how that related to. To me, growing up or somebody I knew, like my sisters or my mom or something like that, so I could can kind of see the connection, and I was like, "Oh, okay, like, yeah, like maybe this is not as bad as I think it is." Yeah, and I'll just take a little bit and see see how it goes for me. <laughs> take and, a little, bit. <laughs> like there there was a tangible difference, right, between me pre the work yeah and post the work yeah and it wasn't like you not to bash like hippies or whatever mm-hmm. it's not like you went from you it was an extreme change i mean it, it is if you when we think about it now but right it's not like it was you were one way yesterday and then all of a sudden you're i'm like i'm a witch yeah yeah <laughs> it wasn't like that it was gradual and you know i think for me being a slow learner and processor like that was good like i was okay you know i can see the gradual shift right right yeah because i I remember you you came to me one day and you were like okay i can see a true difference in you and whatever you have i want it yeah because it it wasn't of course when you always work on yourself it seems scary Mm -hmm. and like i said before i didn't want to I didn't want to rock the boat, so I'm like, all right, I'm good. But then I was like, okay, like it's definitely a change for the better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and even like with basketball, like this is like, it's kind of stressful and like the, the season gets long and uh, monotonous and like you just, sometimes you're like, man, like I don't, I don't want to do this. But, you know, I saw like just for, for example, with like meditation and stuff, like I'm like, okay, like I see how this, can be a benefit right and so i i've always been with basketball like i i just want to get away sometimes and you know just having kids in a, in a life i can't just like go on a trip somewhere so it's like for me like meditation was like that escape mm-hmm. where i could kind of get away from basketball and kind of regroup and then be ready for the next day oh it's interesting though because it's almost as if basketball also 
kind of gave you permission to explore in that you're like, oh, but if this actually has an effect on my game, right? you know, like, oh, like I can try meditation and stuff because then if I play, because then you actually did start playing right? Yeah, <laughs> better. <clears throat> or even I just, it just helped me to take the pressure off myself that I was putting on, mm-hmm. uh, that I was putting on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the things that I struggle with is getting older mm-hmm. as a basketball player and still having uh, a big role to play on the team mm-hmm. and feeling like, man, like, is this going to be the year? You know, we talk right. about every year. I'm like, is this going to be a year where I can't keep up? Is this going right. to be a year where I'm not going to be able to produce? And I'll always put that pressure on myself. And then, like, for example, when I started meditating or whatever, right. then it kind of took the it took the weight off of it. And I was able to just, just play and then whatever happened, happened. I think it's so important that you you said, you know, there's times you just want to get away. And you have kids. You have a job. You have a family, you can't necessarily do that. And meditation kind of provided that out for you because I think so many men don't ever actually admit that or express that. Um, like that's something I wasn't that, supposed to say that. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's something that women <clears throat> say all the time. Yeah. But I almost feel like <clears throat> lots of times men aren't, they, you don't feel like you're allowed to say that. Definitely. Because it's women at home with the kids all the time. It's women doing all the stuff. And you're at work, especially like, you know, people have traditional jobs. They're at work all day. And then I know lots of times as a woman, we expect them to come home and like, well, you were gone all day. Now it's your time with the family. Like you have to be on. And I don't think that men actually feel like they're allowed to say, I need some me time. Like, yes, they're gone out of the house all day, but it's not me time. Right. Yeah, I think that's. That's fair. And I think one of the things like as I got into it, like I realized that I started learning about myself and it's like I I take on people's energies and I didn't realize how draining that is when I'm at practice. Even if it's two or three hours, like there is, you know, I have a good relationship with the coach. I'm talking to coach and I'm talking to this player who's not happy. Then I'm talking to, you know, one player about their family life. And I'm just like taking on everybody's energy and I didn't realize how, how much it was affecting me or how much it was weighing on me to the point where some days I was like, man, I don't want to go to practice because mm-hmm. we lost the game. So I don't want to talk to coach or this guy had a bad game. So he's going to vent to me about, you know, what coach isn't doing or what can we be doing better? And it was like times where I just, I didn't want to deal with that. And I think that's the same thing with men. If you go out to work and you have a, I don't want to say normal, but you have like a, a nine to five where all day you're kind of just listening and interacting with people negatively or positively. And yeah, you, you need that. You need that release. And I think that's where guys maybe go have a drink after work or uh, go to the gym and things like that. So there's, there's ways that you, you know, you get around it. But I think as a man, you know, I I do feel guilty sometimes saying, man, I'm tired. Because, like, in actuality, when I think about it, like, I went to go play basketball for three hours. Yeah. Yeah. And you were at home or you had all this stuff to do, all these things to organize. And so, like, yeah, like, as men, I'll speak for myself. I know there's times where I feel like, man, like, I can't really, 
go complain to Kara about how tired I am. This is early on. I think yeah. now we're to a place where I can yeah, say, yeah, man, yeah. like I'm, I'm tired. Like practice sucked today. But I, 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 I do believe that's something that men struggle with. And, and I think that because men are, which we'll talk about, so uncomfortable being vulnerable or don't feel like they can be vulnerable that they don't express it well to their wives. Right. And so what ends up happening is like, that's their release, but their wives don't see it as a release. Mm -hmm. Their wives are like, oh, well, how nice now. You get to go to the gym. I've been here all day. Right. You get to do whatever, you know. And um, also I would say that's women play a role in that too because we, we don't say like, hey, I need a release too. Right. You know. Yeah. I think the one thing is that also with your spiritual journey is you be, become more open with me and you're able to express how you really feel and not just, oh, I'm fine. And then it festers on and then like a week later, we kind of get to it where now like you can be like, well, I'm going through this. Well, I feel like this. And even if it's, if it's like angry or, or, you know, you just, you just let out then like I've, I've learned to kind of be in a position where I say, okay, like she needs to get that off. And it's not necessarily about me about you. Yeah. where especially me being that we've been in Germany the last 15 years. I'm like, part of me is like, okay, like they're doing this for me. So like, I have to make it a desirable place or make it where everything goes right. And when something doesn't go right, then I'm like, Oh crap! Like this is this is my fault. fault. Yeah, the, like this wouldn't happen if we weren't here, right. and we're only here because of me. Right. But you know, I've I've kind of learned to. I mean, I still do it sometimes, but I I've kind of learned to kind of step back from that and and kind of see the problem as just a problem and not create a story behind it. Right. Right. Yeah. So, a lot and a lot of what you're gonna t- what you've talked about is I feel like just is in general for men like men in yeah, general yeah, yeah. not just black men yeah like this is all stuff that this is yeah a lot of men feel i yeah. think um especially with the vulnerability part you've yeah had, you've had recently you've had like this huge i've had this <laughs> huge revelation huge revelation like when it comes to men and being vulnerable um and why why you find it so difficult to be vulnerable with another man. Right. I think, yeah, so, yeah, un, it's, all this thing is like undefining masculinity, and there's so many podcasts and books about it, and I'm, so I'm just getting into it. And I was like, I remember telling you, like, like your thing was your inner child, and, your, and I knew I'd, <laughs> I'm still afraid of that, so I'm like, okay, <laughs> I can really dive into this you know, masculinity thing, because I think that's something that as men, it's just, it's just passed on from generation to generation. And we don't know when it started or, you know, how it started, but it's just, there's certain roles in society that men have and there's certain things you don't do. And, and, but everybody knows it. Like, I remember like, it's not like I just heard this from my dad or from my, or from like men in my life. I heard it from my mom. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like you don't, you don't do this. This is what you do as a man. Like mm-hmm. you, this is how you react to the situation. Mm-hmm. And like, I'll speak like for black people. I think ultimately it was out of fear that we 
came up with these ideas that this yeah. is how a man acts and, and this is how you yeah let's be honest as a black man do you feel safe in this world i feel safer away from the u.s than you i feel do safer in germany hands down yeah. than you do in america yes i can see that i can see that in you yeah. like in germany you're never worried about police pulling you over yeah. you you really don't have a fear here and i don't know if some of that is because you're so well known right that's gonna say i think it's because we live in a smaller city and you know people know the team and people know me so i think maybe that has something to do with it too but in america i see that there's definite fear yeah which which i'm getting better with because i'm like okay like almost if the situation is going to happen it's going to happen you know I, i try to I used to go out of my way to try to avoid certain situations mm-hmm. because I don't mm-hmm. like, I'm like, okay, like I don't want to drive in this neighborhood or I'm always making, watching my speed to make sure I'm not speeding because I, I just don't want that interaction with the police. But it's come from a place is just like how I grew up or like how the stories I hear from my friends. Like I know people who've been in these situations. Yeah. You, you, it's not just recently we've seen it on TV and, 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 on social media and stuff, but these are things that for decades have been happening. And you, for your whole life, yeah, this has been you've the heard reality. those stories, yeah. And and you know, like when you get old enough to start going on your own or start driving, like my mom's like, look, like you know, you have to do this, you have to behave like this mm-hmm. because you don't want, you know, you you don't want an interaction with with the police. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that I've carry with me and now more so because we live in a predominantly white neighborhood, neighborhood we do yeah. or city in america in yes. america yeah. yeah and so i'm like i'm always like i think i'm gonna be like okay what's this guy doing here he doesn't belong here yeah. and now so it's not even the police it's like my neighbor it's like they're gonna be like well i mean they pretty much know us now yeah. but what's this you know this this guy what's he doing here what's or he doing here? yeah you know, he's walking around like he didn't live here. I've never seen him before. Yeah. And so obviously these are stories that I play in my head, but these are And I think these are things that I look look for. So much of the issue is that um, you know, these these were things that you were taught to protect you yeah. growing up, right? right? Yeah. Like this is how men in general, but this is especially this is how black men this is how you have to act when you're interacting with white people. This is how you have to act in these situ- yeah, situations, exactly. et cetera. And they were taught to you to protect you. But the problem is it becomes so ingrained in you that you can't just think, okay, only with police officers, I'm not safe and I can't trust them. It ends up being in every facet of your life, black men don't feel safe. You don't feel like you can trust anyone, even each other. Right. To an extent. Yeah. Because you were saying to me, like, you have. You just realize that if you you have an issue being vulnerable with someone because you always think they're going to use it against you. Can use it against you, yeah, yeah. And I think that's a lot of men. Like you, you don't want to be like, man, like you know, I was, uh, I don't know, I was watching a video on YouTube and it was about some kid who was terminally ill and it made me cry. And then like having that fear of if this person is not a father or. Mm-hmm not there in their journey like them saying okay like a ricky soft because also 
in the black community, so much of the black community, especially with men interacting with each other, y'all joke everything off. Like exactly. that is how you avoid talking about anything serious yeah. or um, uncomfortable. Like if there's an uncomfortable situation or whatever, like y'all joke everything off, you know, right. like you poke fun. It's, like, it's, it's part of the culture. Yeah. And I think it's a fear that you're the only one that's going through this problem mm -hmm. and like somehow you're an outcast or somehow you're, you're different or you don't fit in. Mm -hmm. But I think if we actually did engage more, mm -hmm. then we would find out that we're not alone and that this person is going through something similar or even the same thing. And I think that's the, that's why I want to work on that part of, you know, myself mm -hmm because we have two boys and I want them to know that I love them or mm -hmm. that it's okay to, to just be yourself. And you just, you know, you just maneuver how you feel like you want to do it. Because have you ever had a conversation about spirituality with another with man another or man. with another black man? Cause I know like for me as a woman and as a mixed woman, like, I'm allowed to be woo-woo. I'm right. allowed to love the crystals. I'm allowed to, like, I own my crazy. It's totally fine. Right. Um, whereas, like, you wear, you wear crystals. You have all these crystal yeah. bracelets. But you are also somewhat terrified that someone's going to ask you ask. about your crystals. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's always, like, in, like, little pieces. Like, I'll talk to somebody about yoga. Mm -hmm. And because now especially with sports yoga is is pretty accepted, accepted yeah. you know even like meditation and mindfulness is like oh like you visualize the game and you you know you get yourself prepared mentally so mm -hmm. i think now there is kind of a shift where you realize how much of the game is mental mm -hmm. but just like every day like i don't think so or even just like man like like, even if I just went to one of my, my teammates, like, man, like, the energy is really heavy at practice today and it's draining on me. And, like, there are days where I just don't feel like coming. Mm -hmm. You've I've never, never had this I've conversation. Never, I've never had that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't feel comfortable. I wouldn't feel comfortable because, especially for me, like, like I said, I've been on the team for 15 years. So there's a people talk to me like I'm invisible, like, like invincible, like I'm mm -hmm. Superman. So it's mm -hmm. like, I'm always like, man, like I can't. In one way, I'm like, I can't show that this is affecting me. Like I'm like, mm -hmm. like even like, like when everybody else is half full, of, is full of energy and I'm tired, I'm like, man, I'm the only one tired. Like I'm the old guy out here. And so like part of my pride is like, okay, like you can't, you can't show them that you're tired because they already have this view of you. Of you. And if you, show any signs of weakness and it's like it's like um oh like he's not as great as they say he is uh -huh. and then it's like okay like well i can take over mm -hmm. ah see yeah. that's a part i think that is probably really kind of unique to men mm. because i didn't even see you going that way yeah. with that but it's like at the same time i know that what I just said is completely ridiculous. Right, but I think that mo I think a lot of men yeah. probably have 
the same thing going on in their head, but they're yeah. not comfortable talking about it or they have never talked to it about someone. Right. Talk about it with someone. Yeah. In that this is the masculinity you're talking about. Like yeah. this is, you know, the pride and like this is what you how you were raised as a man. Yeah, this is how you're raised. Like, okay, like even and it's like, like this alpha male thing, like yeah. someone's gonna take over if I show any little bit of vulnerability someone's going to overcome me right like with basketball if you're tired don't put your hands on your knees and the other team will see you're tired and then they they'll see that weakness and they'll Mm -hmm. but it's like okay but i'm tired (laughs) like and the funny thing is like it's this meme going around and says like scientists have actually proved that if you put your hands on your knees (laughs) that you actually recover faster because they tell you put your hands on your head and be straight Uh up but it's like if you actually bend over you recover you recover faster (laughs) than some some with the air and stuff and so like all my friends who are basketball players like we've been lied to all these years (laughs) but uh, yeah it's like somehow like you don't be vulnerable or you don't show any signs of weakness Mm -hmm. because then the other team can essentially prey on you or mm-hmm. attack you or some other man. Or just another man yeah. in general. And I feel like this is something that's probably so ingrained. Yeah. And we've never talked about this before, actually. I didn't Oops. realize. <laughs> I didn't just say <laughs> that, that. That was so ingrained in you because you're not like an aggressive man. Yeah. Like you're not. People always would describe you as gentle right. and loving. And I mean, obviously you're. um aggressive on the basketball court but you're not assertive in nature right and so that's really actually i just had never even considered that you would still have this ingrained yeah this is all you. things that i've been taught especially with basketball and and like you said earlier like it it doesn't just stay with the police and it carries over mm-hmm. so now like in my normal life i'm like okay like i can't show any signs of weakness because this person or this situation, they'll try to mm-hmm. prey on me mm-hmm. and you have to be tough, which I think I will say with the black community that in decades before, like it, it was an issue where if you were weak yeah, or not, I won't say weak. If you, I don't know, were vulnerable in any way that were people, perceived weak. yeah, people would take advantage of you or you would be preyed upon. Do you feel like, you have an image to uphold as a black man. Not after you've done the work, but before you started this. Did you did you feel like, as a black man, this is how I'm supposed to look, this is how I'm supposed to act, this is how I'm supposed to talk, This is, like there is an image to uphold? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I've always felt that way. And uh, like growing up, I always knew that I wasn't, I wasn't interested in the things that my friends were interested in. Like, they just want to hang out or like do this on the street or do this. And I'm like, like, I don't do that. One, I was afraid of my mom, but <laughs> two, like it just wasn't interesting to me. Like I'd rather go, go to the mall and go to the music store and like listen to all the music, yeah. you know, or I don't know, go, for, go ride my bike or something. Mm-hmm. Like I always wanted to do that thing. And especially as I got older, like I, had to like separate myself from my friends i mean luckily i had basketball where i could mm-hmm. just blame it on but it was times where i blamed it on basketball but i just didn't want to you didn't want to do i didn't want to just ride around because one i'm like we're gonna ride around four black kids like this isn't safe for sure we're gonna get pulled over trouble, yeah. yeah or like i knew my friends who just did dumb stuff so i'm like mm-hmm. i don't want to be in this situation 
and I would blame it on basketball. But I think I've always felt like I had a like a certain image to, to uphold. uphold. Yeah, and even like around white people, like I feel like there is there's there's a certain view of people when I say I'm from Detroit. Yeah. 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 And they they expect to see something. Yeah. And then after they get to know me, like you don't fit I, the image. I don't fit the image that they think. Yeah. Now there's certain. I will say there's certain things about me that are very Detroit or yeah. or like that, but it's not. I don't think it's. If you look at compare me and my friends who yeah. are from Detroit, I don't think it will be the same thing. And do you feel? Like now you're at a place where you're okay with that. Yeah. Not a hundred percent, but like I think we always joke like I'm like I'm in a bubble. Right. In my bubble, I'm good. Once I get outside my bubble, then it Do you it varies. feel because I know often in the black community, which I wasn't aware of, you know, because I grew up in, in the white community. Mm. So I'm I'm mixed, but I grew up in a white family in the white community. Right. And it wasn't until I really um got immersed in the black community that I realized that there's an idea of quintessential blackness. Yeah. Right? Within the black community. Black people do this. They don't do that. Black people do black people um white people do that. Like there's very much a this is what black people do. Right. This is what's acceptable for black people to do. And it's very much self-imposed yeah. within the black community, yeah. which I think a lot of white people would not know because you just aren't exposed to that. Right. right? You just don't know. Um, and there's this added pressure to fit in to that idea of blackness when you are black. Right. The problem comes when the things that you enjoy doing or the route that you're on does not fit within that black structure. Somehow you are made to feel less black. Right. When you do something like when you do something like that. For example, spirituality, yoga, meditation, crystals, mm. stuff like this, for whatever reason, um, I feel like it adds an added hurdle for you as a black man. Because it's seen as not black. Right. Would you agree? Right. And especially because, like we talked about earlier, like black people are still very religious. So yeah. it's like God, church, Jesus, things like that, mm -hmm. which when you think about it, are still spirituality. So it's yeah. not, I'm not, it's not separate. It's not separate. I'm not, I'm not saying anything different yeah. than what. The Bible says, or or what you've or learned, anything. Yeah. yeah. But it's just it just looks different, it and it looks, looks it doesn't look like we were taught to how we were taught to be religious or how right. to be spiritual. But let's talk about expanders because I feel like there are black men that are thirsty for these conversations. Yes, that want this community, that want this dialogue, but don't feel comfortable having it like we had a black man over here mm. who i made a post and it was like me saging my crystals and i was like on sundays we sage and then you shared that post mm. and just the simple act of you sharing that post 
caused him to reach out and, yeah. and kind of start the dialogue with you. Right. Like, hey, like, yeah, I meet with a shaman. And then you're like, oh, yeah. it's a shaman. My yeah. wife wants to know what a shaman was. And then he got on the phone and we had this beautiful conversation. And he said at the end, this is the first time I've ever talked to another black person about this. Right. And this is like a huge part of his life. Yeah. It's crazy. And so it's not that it's uncommon. It's just that it's not being talked. It's about. not being talked about. Yeah. And I think that's with a lot of issues, especially with men. Um, you feel like you're the only one going through it or you're the only one that feels that way. But if you actually have the courage to speak up, then you'll, you'll kind of sort of find your, your tribe. Your tribe. Yeah. So let's talk about expanders. Have you had expanders in this area that you've kind of found that have kind of given you permission to continue to get curious and, and not feel like something's wrong with you? Uh, have I? Yeah, like, well, like I said earlier, like, there's definitely, like, within sports, with yoga and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I just kind of like, like, if I listen to a podcast, like the Sacred Sons thing. Mm-hmm. Like the one of the guy, the founding fathers is a black guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he might be mixed, but he's, you know, he's still black. <laughs> he's still black. <laughs> but um, yeah, and that was kind of like one of the, and the Sacred Sons, when I look at their Instagram, I don't, I haven't done any classes or anything. Uh-huh. It just is me from afar, but it's like, it's a very diverse group. Uh-huh. It's, you know, people from all walks of life. Um, all colors. All colors, you know, gay, straight. And it's just men just kind of doing these things that are vulnerable and kind of getting to the bottom of some of the things that we, some of the issues that we have as, as men. But like, I just do that. Like I, if I listen to a podcast and the guests on there happens to be black, I immediately go to Instagram and mm-hmm. look him up and say, okay, like I can get down with this guy somehow. Mm-hmm. I, that's funny. I still like check his credentials. Like I'm like, <laughs> oh, you know, he grew up. And, oh that's funny like you want to know how black he is yeah like like yeah. oh if like oh if he grew up in detroit he yeah would have then more it's cool with you. but then like uh <laughs> he grew up in i don't know somewhere some suburb or something and i'm like uh, okay oh that's funny because it's like in my head it's like okay he he gets a pass he had access to that yeah and so like but it's it sounds ridiculous coming out but like to be honest that's that's my thought process, that's your thought process. yeah and then i'm like oh He's from Detroit, or oh, he's, he's from Chicago. Down. He's like, from okay. Chicago. He's down, and he's still right. feeling this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, then this okay, then yeah. I can get down with him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, but as far as I don't have any one particular expander, I definitely okay. So early on in my journey, a very short journey, I felt more connected. I like the message that women were giving. Like I, I, I like the feminine. Mm-hmm. part of of, the spirituality. of spirituality mm-hmm. because i felt like because i was i didn't knew i didn't know men who who did kind of like the vulnerability stuff mm-hmm. and so like you know i felt like being in touch with my feelings and, and learning the energy of something i felt i for some reason i just was drawn to women and felt more comfortable i think it's funny because i think it's because you allow yourself for example, to be vulnerable with me. And so it's almost like No, I never thought it, about that. It's almost like it's a safe space when it's a woman. Yeah. 
Like, oh, I can talk to Kara about this stuff. I can be vulnerable with Kara. I could be vulnerable with my mom. I could be, you know what I mean? It's like right. women almost like provide a safe space for you to be yeah, vulnerable. But with a man, you're like, oh, well, I can't show a man this side. Because he, right. he's going to try and take over. He's yeah. going to use it against me. I can't let my guard down with a man. Right. It's almost like you, you have to you have to fill the person out first. You have to yeah. see. But this is how, for me, this is how I always operate. Like I always yeah. fill the person out and I see, okay, how much of my crazy can I let out? Or how much can <laughs> I, you know, how much can I let yeah. this person know? You know, and uh, I think that's the same thing when I think about expanders, especially men or black men. It's like, okay, like I said, I see where they're from or I see what kind of, mm-hmm. what kind of journey they've been on. Are, is they, are they married or, mm-hmm. you know, I try to see the kind of things I have in common. And then, you know, I kind of decide there if I can, mm-hmm. if this is a person that I would like to follow or mm-hmm. kind of learn more about. It's crazy because I really do feel like, there's more men out there oh, for sure. like you than you would have any idea. It's just that there's nobody that's, you know, throwing out the crumb to be picked up. Like, right. you know, like just you sharing that, yeah. that opened a window for that conversation. Or, for example, you were at training camp recently and you were grounding. Yeah. And then a teammate was like asking you about it and interested. And then that opened up a conversation where you could have a conversation that kind of got to spirituality that you wouldn't have right. normally had. And e- even then, like, I was okay with growling, but I, I, I didn't want it. You didn't want someone to come ask me about it. I didn't want to come ask me about it. Yeah. Like, I, I was able to say, oh, you know, I'm just grounding. You know, there's energy in the... But you were uncomfortable. Yeah. And then, like... True to my personality, I would just like make a joke about it. Oh, yeah. I'm an old man. You know, I need my energy. Yeah. Like or, something or like that. I, I noticed you pass it off on me a lot. Oh, something Kara's got me into. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, uh, like, you know, Kara's into yoga and stuff. And she said this would be good. So I, I, I told her I would try it. You <laughs> I'm know. always the excuse. Like, mm. and if someone did ask you about your crystals, you'd be like, oh, I don't know. Something Kara gave me. Yeah. I would. I would find a way to, to joke about it or pass it off to you. You would. Every That's time. what I do. <laughs> Um, but I thought that it was interesting. You said the other day, um, so for people who don't know, you're super into like outdoor <laughs> sports and water sports. Yeah. It's kind of this newfound passion. Yeah. Kind of. We'll do a whole nother podcast. It's <laughs> a whole nother story. <laughs> but you said the other day, which was something that me as a mixed woman it never crosses my mind but you said i don't know it was a guy that was was he surfing i don't remember what he was doing and you had the thought of like oh how free it must be to never have to even consider what other white people would think about him for doing that yeah yeah because i like i like the outdoor sports but immediately i'm like who are the black people and what will black people think? Or what yeah, will black people or say? yeah. But think about how many black people will enjoy this. But it's like one, we don't have access to it, mm-hmm. and two, it's it's not what black people it's do. Not like what, what we do. and and so you have that 
because it could be especially with social media now like there there's a a black twitter or yeah so it it could be you know kind of damaging for a person to put yourself out there and then have all these people comment or say things or maybe just even one person say something negatively and that person is close to you it could really affect you and it kind of um kind of make you draw back in so is that an immediate thought that you have anytime that you're stepping out of the quintessential blackness so to speak yeah for me personality wise anytime i do anything new or anytime i'm showing a side of me that i've never shown that Mm -hmm. i always i always go there so i i think for me personally is 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 more personality Mm -hmm. But then also, it, then it goes to, okay, like, what will my friends in Detroit say this? Or what are the people who who know me a little bit, mm-hmm. but know me as Ricky from Detroit? Mm-hmm. Like, what would they say about it? How would they feel about it? What would they, does that change the way they think about me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now, I'm... I think I'm more open to just doing it and yeah. not. But you're also very intrigued by the black people who. Oh yeah. Are doing because I'm like, well, how did they find that? Like, yeah. where did they do that? Like, I saw one guy's a climber, but he was he was from Detroit. I'm like, yeah. where did he learn how to climb in Detroit? Yeah. But you know, and he was like from the. That's another thing. Like, it's like <laughs> okay, he's from Detroit, but you know, he probably grew up in the suburbs or something. But like, no, like he was from. He was, he was from the city, like yeah. So it was, and I was interested. Like, how did he, how did he find climbing, and yeah. how does his mom afford to pay for it, or yeah. you know? So I don't know. That's just how my mind operates. I kind of, but it's all like I need validation. Like I need to, like for me, I can say, oh, like this dude's from Detroit. Like he, so he did he it. Did it's it. Fine. It's okay yeah, if I do it. It's, it's yeah. okay. He did. Yeah. It. But if it was, if he was from you know, some other, you know, suburban town, for me, it wouldn't necessarily be okay. Yeah, it wouldn't be the same. So, I mean, that shows how important just talking about it and kind of putting yourself out there is because you even having this conversation can open the door. Wait, this is being aired? (laughs) You didn't tell me that. For other people. Yeah, and and I I realized that like I realized how important it is to have representation, mm-hmm. and even just just for just thinking about my boys hearing this mm-hmm. to know like because I don't know how they see me like right. if they I don't want them to grow up and be like well, that was just like this and we didn't know he liked this or mm-hmm. he didn't know he you know he felt this way about this so even if they can get a a a deeper understanding of me or, Mm -hmm. or, you know, hear me be vulnerable and then they're being, and they become more comfortable being vulnerable or trying new things. Then that's, it's like, that's important. It's like breaking the ancestral wombs, you know, that we inherit. Yeah. And I think for men, especially, you know, if you can break this um, image of masculinity, it is so important for your kids. Yeah. And I think most men, feel that way like they're like oh either like okay like i didn't grow up with dad so i want to be i want to be there for my kids Mm -hmm. and then you know stuff happens where the ancestral wounds kind of 
take over take and over. you end up doing the same thing that your your dad did. Your dad did that you swore you would never Yeah, do. or mm-hmm. if you had a dad around but he was really demanding or you had a dad that didn't talk about his feelings or didn't say I love you and stuff like that. So I think men we are conscious of this but then like something happens where we kind of just we go to the default where we just you slip back into yeah. that and i think a lot of it's because you guys don't have these relationships you don't have yeah. these groups you don't have these um you're not vulnerable with each other right so you don't realize that everyone's going through the same yeah. thing you don't have the outside support you're kind of like on an island yeah you're in no man's land trying to, to figure all this out yourself yeah. And, you know, like you're open to me. You're very vulnerable with me, but I'm not a man. Right. So I can't, while I can have empathy for what you're saying, I can't relate. Right. And I think, yeah, because you just think like, okay, well, everybody else is raising their kid like this, for yeah. example, or yeah. everybody is doing it this way, then I probably should do it that way. Yeah. And not, and not realizing that people are struggling with the same thing or have the same ideas, but they just feel like they're alone. So I think, yeah, it is important to, to have that community. And I think that's one of the, I talked about the sacred sons Mm -hmm. earlier. Um, And I, again, I don't, I never did anything with that class other than listen to some podcasts and stuff. But But you did say the other day, like one of your best friends here, you were like, okay, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to get up the nerve to start these conversations with him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, We'll see how that goes. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Okay, so final question. Right. For women out there who are, you know, on the spiritual path, who are working on themselves, who are having these awakenings, and whose husbands are not. Because <laughs> um, I hear that all the time when I'm talking to, you know, other like-minded women like myself. One of the questions that always comes up if you're married is like, how does your husband feel about all this? Is your husband supportive? Mm. What's going on there? And so I know there's a lot of women that, of course, like you see your husband suffering and it's not that you, you like, you just, you want, you can see better for him and you want him to have better, Yeah. but their husbands are not open to it. What would be your advice? I think it just takes patience. I think like with me and you, like you just continually talked about what you were doing or what you were but not forcing going like, not fortunately just like hey like this is what i read today or hey this is like in a normal conversation yeah. like this is what i i came ac- i came across and and i know um, for i think with me and you it was always like how it was affecting me the focus was always me yeah i never put the focus on you or right said like, they're like oh, oh you, you need should to try you- this yeah, or yeah. this is how it's affecting us it was always like me me being very vulnerable right and and also pointing out like things that i was doing that i didn't like and now i realized why i did that and right. coming at it that way yeah and then i was able from that i was able to say oh like there's areas in my life where i do that or i was just able to relate it to you know like i said earlier to my mom or my sisters or you know somebody i knew Somebody I know, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I will uh, say that this was going on internally for you for years without me knowing. Like, you never said to me, like, huh, I also do that. Like, oh, this yeah, was yeah, all yeah. internally. You and never that, let me know that you were actually contemplating 
some of this or i mean you were always an open ear right but you never were like huh yeah and i think that's i would say my personality but also i think men i think we just it's something new so you just need time to to process it and, and if men think like me then it's like okay well how would this affect my relationship with with other men or mm-hmm. or my know, job yeah or, how is this what is this saying about my masculinity like it's it's a process because i think the spiritual journey can be very feminine sometimes mm-hmm. and feminine <laughs> um or you as a man you think that's what women do mm-hmm. and so it just even takes a while to get out of that mindset where where men can do this too, mm-hmm. and so I, I think it just takes a lot of patience and and just you just share share with your husband and kind of like you would just like I listen to this podcast and you they said like this it. yeah mm-hmm. or you should listen like not even like you should listen to it like yeah like you know they said this and I was like oh like okay let's see what else they have to say mm-hmm. and it was never like boom here read this book or. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we started, our side, it was just like manifesting. Like we mm-hmm. read a, a book about manifesting. Yeah, I think that's was, what started it all. Yeah. Me, really was like. And it was, it's super simple. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of like, you know, started the journey and I started to get more interested in stuff. So I would just say, yeah, it just takes patience and continue to share and, and. And to continue to work on yourself. Yeah, continue to work on yourself and not make it like, like you said, like we never made it like, hey, you need to do this because I'm doing this. Yeah. And I, I think eventually, and I will also come say around. that our spiritual paths look very different. Yeah, the stuff that interests you is very different than the stuff that interests me. I'm right. not really into the quantum physics and like yeah. all that type of stuff. And so, just to have space for it to look for it to look different, different yeah, than your own. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for. You're welcome. Being willing to own your crazy. <laughs> I, know. I can can never go back to Detroit now. For this conversation. My hood passes. Your hood pass is not revoked. It's been revoked. <laughs> no, but really, honestly, thank you no, no for problem. for being willing to to be vulnerable and to be honest and to have this raw, honest conversation about your spiritual journey. That's good. Thank you for having me. No problem. Thank you for listening to Permission to Be Honest. We hope you like this episode. If you have questions you want answered, topics you want to be discussed, or if you wish to be a guest on our show, then please email us at permissiontobehonest at gmail.com. That is permissiontobehonest at gmail.com. And if you like our show, please tell a friend and leave a rating and a review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. Thank you, and we'll see you again very soon.